Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the American's perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about your soccer background. Actually, first give us your name and where you're from. That, that probably makes more sense. Uh, my name is John Shields. I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and... Um, my soccer background is kind of brief. I played uh, youth soccer, and I played middle school soccer, and then that kind of ended when I got more interested in uh, football. But I've kind of been following soccer on and off. Uh, I Just like soccer, period. I follow uh, La Liga a little bit. Uh, my main European team is Tottenham. Heyo. But uh, I really like following uh, college, the college soccer scene, Be, especially uh, local teams around here like uh, Wake Forest, UNCG, or UNC Greensboro, uh, U, uh, North Carolina, and Chapel Hill, those kinds of teams. And I just like following the men's and women's side of that because, honestly, it's, it's good soccer. Uh, they focus mostly on fundamentals, but it's, it's something fun to watch. So do you pay attention to college soccer across the spectrum? Or is it really just a local conference that has your interest? I do my best to try and pay attention uh, across the spectrum, because, but it's very hard to follow since um, it's around. <laughs> a lot of teams. I mean, we're talking, if you count men's and women's, there's around 554 different teams to follow. So that is a, <laughs> that is a lot to follow. That is so many games. So I, I've got a question, because I knew you had reached out to us on Twitter, and mm -hmm. you follow college soccer, so I was curious to hear you know, what kind of strong opinions or, or not that you have on, on college soccer, and I've got a quote to lead you off on here. So Minnesota United coach said, uh, Adrian Heath is his name, after U.S. missed the World Cup, that college soccer is not good at setting people up professionally, and I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Um... In some ways, I agree with that, um, mostly because I feel the way college soccer is, in a, itself, or college sports are, period, um, they really do not set up athletes for the professional game. They leave them somewhat with lacking skills, and granted, yes, college soccer is supposed to focus on fundamentals, but I think one of the biggest examples to go off of um, college soccer and just, say, college sports in general, uh, if you look at college baseball, uh, they use aluminum bats, and this gives a huge disadvantage to college pitchers, so... Um, what ha ends up happening is college pitchers don't really learn how to properly pitch against certain batters. They never really learn how to pitch on the inside because with an aluminum bat, they can just hit the ball. Interesting. 
they you know it doesn't it, as long as they make contact they can just they can launch a ball and I feel that uh, sometimes college soccer does disservice a disservice to its athletes also because uh, the pacing is much slower than something like uh, Premier League La Liga it's much slower it's it's closer to mls i was just gonna ask that question how how close is that skill level between d1 you know i guess a high d1 soccer team to, to a high MLS d1 team. soccer team is um i would comp i would make it comparable to a a good d1 soccer team is very similar to a mid-tier uh usl league two team they're not quite pro they're very, they're very comparable to semi-pro teams, which is why you actually see, during spring schedules, you see D1 teams actually uh, scrimmaging against uh, League one, uh, USL teams. I did not know that. That would be an awesome game to catch. It would be. Um, actually, just over the spring, it was uh, the Wake Forest women's team actually brought in uh, the North Carolina Courage, which is actually a top-tier... NSWL, um, NW, yeah, NWSL. They brought yeah. in North Carolina Courage. They brought them over to Spry Stadium. Granted, uh, the North Carolina Courage just absolutely kicked their ass. Huh. Well, it was just, <laughs> it was brutal. But I mean, that's the thing about professional teams is even you. You mentioned you're a football fan earlier, so when mm-hmm. someone says a team like Alabama can hang with the worst team in the NFL, it's like those are all pros. That's yeah. a lot of good players. I, I'm guilty of saying that myself, and even I look back on it and think, mm, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. maybe. I mean, Alabama's pretty pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, college soccer, college sports in general have just, I agree with uh, the coach, It's it's um, they don't really set them up. And I think there are things which college sports can do to set the athletes up properly. And, sure. You know, so this is an NCAA. You mentioned it earlier. NCAA, in general, as an organization, their goal is not to, you know, make sure they're prepping professionals. Oh no, it's it's <laughs> it's. But it's, for soccer around the world, development happens in the teens, and that's just something. Development. I've I've heard development happens as early as like preteens. Sure. Yeah. You know, we have you have um developmental academies that the main teams run it's you know uh i think tottenham has their youth teams uh arsenal has their youth teams the reason i know even arsenal has a youth team is because i'm pretty sure uh harry kane came up through that youth you organization he got got kicked out kicked out of the arsenal academy that's all folklore so so (laughs) i mean i think it's more of a when I say college, I guess now that I think about it, when I say college soccer does a disservice, I think the entire U.S. Football Association really does a disservice to younger athletes because there's not a lot of focus on our developmental academies. I mean, there is a there is a U.S. Uh, DA in place, but there's not a lot of focus on it. And I mean, yeah, the problem. Uh is money, you know, money controls everything, even that youth soccer level, playing club soccer is just so expensive, and there's no free, you know, no easily accessible free academies. Yeah, there really, there really isn't, I remember, 
Um, it really wasn't a so. It was just a little youth league um, when I was younger. It was called the Optimus League, and um, the local Krispy Kreme actually sponsored <laughs> us. So our jerseys. Every single person had the same looking jersey, just different colors, and they just had the Krispy Kreme logo just did plastered. Did you eat donuts after every game? Yes, we did. <laughs> that oh. there was there was like a Chris, there's a Krispy Kreme shop that's like five minutes from my house. Um, in fact, the Krispy Kreme headquarters before it moved to Charlotte was actually the same distance. It's like <laughs> it's right in a shopping center and. Yeah, we went to eat, you know, donuts after every single match. It was so great. <laughs> no wonder we suck at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but uh, uh. But, it, but yeah, going back to the NCAA just as an organization, you you're absolutely right. They don't set up prof- they don't really focus on setting up prof- uh, professional players in the sense of they don't set them up for the next level, and I feel um, coaches and players should definitely uh, ra- use more, u- use their voice more when saying, "Hey, we need to be set. We need to actually be educated on how to play professionally, rather than, um, you know." Granted, academics are still important, absolutely, and all that That's why I'm conflicted about the European academies. You know, you are pulling kids out of school so early, and in America, I'd like to think college education is still worth a damn, so... Oh, absolutely, it is... I could see um, from a parent's perspective, like, oh, do I want to send my... If they're really good at soccer, do I want to send my kid overseas to an academy, or, you know, have them go the traditional college route, because I'm guessing the average parent doesn't no development for European soccer works that way either, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it is a college, a college education nowadays is extremely important. I mean, my dad harps on it all the time. He says, oh, back in my day, you could, you could get out of high school and get a good job. And I say, well, yeah, that's, that was back in your day, you know, but nowadays we, you know, there's a lot more competition in the job market. So the more, you know, more of an education we get, uh, the better, you know, better off we are. Yeah, I mean, it's equal to a high school education, sadly, but yeah. it kind of is of what that was back in the day. Absolutely. But anyway, um, so also to college soccer is only three months, twenty games. I read. Um, yes, that is true. What do they do the rest of the year? <laughs> uh be students. That's the unfortunate. That's the unfortunate thing with um, the way we have our season. The way college soccer has the season set up is, you know, you really only play 20, 20 games a season, and then you're off until spring. I mean, yes, they train. I mean, they train. The college athletes just. There are some wacky rules that I was reading about the training too. No coaches can be involved outside of the season. I'm sure yeah. the captains run the the practice, which is. Yep, the, that is. The hell? I feel that is a stupid rule. I mean, the coaches, Terrible. you know, granted your your captains are the leaders of the team on the field. Sure, but they're kids still, you know. Yeah, they're kids. They're still developing. Yeah, I was an but, idiot at nineteen years old. Same here. Shit. <laughs> same here. Oh man, but no. Um, occasionally, you'll see um, college teams try to. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. They try to offset that 20 se- 20 game season with um, spring schedules. Occasionally, they'll um, some teams will travel overseas to play play games. Um, oh, that's cool. In you know, in fact, I'm trying to remember which team, it, which D1 team it was here in North Carolina, but they actually went over and did a tour of the United Kingdom playing various academy teams. Oh, that's awesome. So, but that's only the that's only the top tier teams. That's only the teams that have the money, money. Yeah. to do that. In fact, I read something online that said only 74 that 74% of uh, D1 schools actually recruit internationally. Huh. You know, that leaves out um, 26% if I'm doing my math correctly, that's 26% of D1 schools that either don't, you know, you know, people would think, oh, they don't want to recruit internationally, but my thought is, no, they can't. They don't have the money. And yeah. that would be your lower tier teams. That would be some of your independent teams, um, especially so on the... Who are your squad? Who's your main squad for, for college? And are there uh, any players that you've watched as you've been watching all along that are now kind of just killing it, maybe MLS or elsewhere? Um, honestly, I've kind of, I, when I um, watch these players, I kind of lose track of them sometimes, and that's, that's, that's bad on my part. But um, there is one kid particularly on uh, Wake Forest team who I'm actually looking forward to um, when he comes into the... MLS or wherever he goes pro, and that's this kid named uh, Michael the Shields, uh, defender for Wake Forest. He's a redshirt junior out of Baltimore, Maryland, and he he's um, he started you know he was he started quite a few games for a redshirt freshman. He started you know he played in all twenty games and he started ten of them, and he's honestly just he's a good defender. I think he'll he's gonna. I hope he stays at Wake for. I, um, I'm sure that college soccer thinking about it is just loaded with talent. Just oh, absolutely. Some um, one of the best examples when I tell people like, oh, you know, college soccer doesn't matter. Um, Clint Dempsey uh, was out of was out of Furman University, and Furman. honestly, is that D one? Yeah, it's D one. Shoot, huh? And um. He did for an American player. He did halfway decent over at Tottenham. He did great. He was great at Fulham too. Yeah, at Fulham. Yeah, yeah. So, no, D one is absolutely full of great, you know, this great talent that, um, honestly, you know, I know, you know, NCA does a disservice, but I also think that. Um, you know, just us as the fan base do a disservice because we don't really say, "Hey, look at this guy over here." Yeah, this guy is really, this guy is really good. He shows potential. But yeah. no, um, what's the main outlets that cover college soccer? Um, uh, there's this one site, uh, Top Drawer Soccer co- covers it. Um, ESPN only covers it when the championships come up. But other than that, you, re- I really can't think of like a real large. I wonder if it's Why? almost like student papers, you know? Like, yeah, student isn't papers. Isn't Akron Zips, the, they're one of the best teams in the, in the country all the time, right? 
Yeah, but their student paper is probably awesome. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, a couple student papers are nice, and a couple of them are just our rags that you know I sure. pick up occasionally. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this. Um, I don't want to get off on what I what no, I do. No, go for it. That's the, probably why you're way, on. Yeah, the way we we contacted you um, was the NCAA soccer mod, which is um, we're trying to do something on FIFA 16. We actually will take the FIFA 16 database and completely rewrite it to play college teams. What? And yeah, we were able oh. to, yeah, yeah, we uh, were able to um, just, we were able to replace all of the uh, pro teams with college teams. And uh, right now we have all uh, D1 men's and women's teams uh, playable. Uh, we're still work. we have all the women's rosters down. Are you have you communicated this to the college teams at all? I bet they'd be stoked oh, abso- on it. No, abs- absolutely no. I've had several of them reach out and say, "This is awesome." You know, um, probably the first college team to actually reach out to me um, was University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Huh. The Retrievers. The Retrievers, yeah. Yep, they were the bit. They were the Cinderella, and I'm uh, uh, I'm from Maryland actually, so that's oh, nice. close to home. Yeah. Nice. Um, the team itself, and also their coach, uh, Vanessa Mann, the women's coach, uh, reached out to me because uh, on my personal Twitter page, I posted uh, the uniforms I had made. And I was just like showing it off. I was like, I got the bright idea. You know what? I'm going to tag them in the tweet to see if they respond sure. at all. And they did. And they were just like, this is great. That's and epic. How did you I'm, get into this? Honestly, it was just um, got, I got into the modding because uh, this one website called Mo- this one website called Modding Way had um, a mod that they had done where they you know they took FIFA 16 and they compl- I they, I want to say they completed it because EA Sports they release it and a lot of the teams are generic or they're missing kits. And this guy actually, this guy named Ariel, uh, his username was Ariel. I don't know his real name. <laughs> but um, he and a couple other guys, you know, took it, FIFA 16 and they completed it. And that's how I got into modding. And then um, I was watching a UNCC, uh, UNCG soccer game uh, a couple of years ago. And I thought, you know what would be great is if, I may, if I did something that involved college soccer it's, you know, instead of pro, because I think this needs to be seen. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I got in. That's how, kind of how the NCAA uh, soccer mod started. So how was, do you do player ratings? Is it all basically computer generated? Um, some of it's computer generated sometimes. Uh, I'm not the one to talk about that. That's... Um, our guy, we have a guy named uh, Greg Pollard up in Philadelphia. How big is We've your got, team? Hmm? How big is your mod group that's working on the game? Uh, we have six people working on it right now. Huh. And uh, one of those guys is actually temporarily working on uh, sort of taking part of our mod and moving it over to FIFA 19. Because huh. we're trying to work, we're trying to see if we can bring it to uh, the newer FIFAs instead of keeping it in FIFA 16, which is, you know, the reason we're doing FIFA 16 is because that was the last uh, 
FIFA to in, use the Ignite engine. And uh, the Frostbite engine is a bitch <laughs> to mod. It, it's, it's notoriously hard. And the Ignite... Ugh, I feel like I'm saying that wrong. No, it's all right. The, I, don't, I don't know the, the term anyway. It's still, the I still Ignite, get the concept. Yeah, the Ignite engine is um, much easier to mod. You know, there's actually a program that a guy developed that you can actually uh, use to enter the database and just make changes within this program itself that will translate to the actual game. That's so neat. It really what's, is. What's the uh, what's the dream behind it? Honestly, to... go. It's just to get attention out about um, college soccer, and um, like I said, uh, some of the teams have actually reached out to me. Um, actually, we had a couple of pro teams reach out to it, or pro slash semi pro teams. We haven't had any MLS teams, but. Um, Recently, uh, we had a couple of um, second-tier women's teams reach out to us, but I think the best was kind of kind of as a result of me pestering them. Uh, one of the newer USL League One teams, uh, Ford Madison FC. We had a, we kind of talked to them a little bit. We uh, <laughs> we did their. Hit, we did their uniforms in FIFA 16, or I, I did them. I did the work on them. That took hours huh. because one of their kits is just the sleeve design is absolutely insane. <laughs> but I kind of pestered them a little bit, and um, so yeah. How, how can the end user play the game then? Is it um, yeah? Is it well, right now um, we're still in very early pre-alpha i mean it is still a lot of the teams still have their generic kits to um that we use as a placeholder sure um technically it is currently playable um usually if someone contacts us and says hey um i want to check it out or if you come to us and say hey i want to help um we'll email you uh the file link um but the um the end goal is it's very hard to describe because i'm always i always want to expand it i'm always thinking all right where can i expand to next and i'm already currently thinking about that even though we haven't even put out a uh alpha yet it's um probably our next expansion that I'm already working on is expanding it actually to D2. Huh. And so I've already got... I mean, I feel got... like you could get someone to organize some, uh, like, tournaments with actual college uh, student-athletes playing as themselves against, like, you know... That would, yeah, that would actually... That is yeah, a thought. That would be yeah, pretty neat. sponsors and... Actually, um, I don't know if I should talk about this up to you uh, I'm a whole I'm, lot of listeners so you're probably safe uh <laughs> well we we had i think i can talk about it i just can't show off but a college wants actually us to actually be involved in a reveal oh, i'm not, like I'm not gonna reveal yeah i'm not gonna say which college okay 
because I don't want people constantly saying, you know, oh, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? Do you have the proofs? Do you have the proofs? Do you can you show us anything? And of course, sure, sure. I, I don't want that happening because I already told um, uh, their associate head coach, the one who contacted me. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to break the promise I made to him of saying, you know, I won't share uh, the proofs. I won't share this. I won't share that. Sure. So how do uh, people, if they're curious, listening, what's the best way to look up the project? Uh, there are two ways. We have our Twitter page, which is NCA Soccer 19. Our handle is 19, capital N, and lowercase C-A-A, 19 NCAA. Or um, we actually, there is a site called SoccerGaming.com, which is just a forum of modders and people who just like playing uh, soccer games, soccer video games. And um, we actually have a, um, we have a page there where you can actually, you can go and get updates and you can see that, um, you know, how, how we're progressing um, I actually sometimes put files on there. In fact, uh, not too long before you called, um, I had put out Virginia Tech's men's kits uh, that I had been working on. And um, yeah, so those are the two ways you can, if you're curious about the project, you can talk to us about it, send us a message on Twitter. You know, we're always happy to talk to people. Yeah, man, keep uh, keep us posted. Now you got me curious. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, the other two guys that do the podcast with me are huge FIFA fans, so I'm sure they'd be down to play some college soccer. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually I could probably, uh, if you want me to, I can try and get together uh, get together a uh, link, you know, a download link. Unfortunately, I've got to say this um, to anyone who's curious about it. It is only available on PC. We have tried to get the mod onto console. It just has not worked. Sure. It's just been, it's been extremely rough, and it's just, we've tried our best to get it onto console. It just has not worked, so it's only available on PC. Fair enough, but still, I, I think, uh, I love it, I love it. It's yeah, cre- well, creative. It must be fun to work on. It's it's extremely fun to work on. Sometimes it's it it gets a little taxing, but it's it's what makes it really fun is to see people you know showing interest, to see the um the colleges actually show that's, interest. Yeah, that, I think that's where you'll start getting some momentum and seeing some fun things happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know but, what? We actually have a contact at Watford. Player on the team, he does the U.S. soccer blog stuff. That oh yeah, yeah. Interested in bringing it to Watford? Oh, definitely. I've I've got um I think I've got the Watford uh, women's kits done. I'm I need to work on their men's kits, but um yeah, absolutely. I actually uh one of the earliest guys I contacted was a guy out of Temple, and um he definitely he contacted me after I put out I think it was uh, Pennsylvania's kits. And he contacted me saying the kits I did were absolutely spot on. Nice. He had played. He had played them. He said they're spot on. Well, that's fun. All right. Um. So you mentioned Spurs, 
fandom earlier, so we'd be remiss yes, if I... we didn't talk about the season a little bit, and then obviously uh, the big game on uh, on Saturday. Oh, I'm so I'm excited. This this season has been up and down. It has just been a lot of losses. Our, <laughs> we've had our great moments, and then oh, who was it? Was it South? Oh, who was Burnmouth? We had that game against where we were down ten. You know, we were down to I think like ten men. Yeah, nine. Nine. I was yes. watching that. I was watching that game, and I thought, "Oh my God, why?" They're gonna blow it. They're gonna blow it. <laughs> we're gonna bottle it. <laughs> yeah. and, but watching Sonny just get that what the hell pissed off, I thought, <laughs> "What is this?" Granted, I also thought, "Oh, who was the player who did it to him?" Oh yeah, Lerma. Lerma. He's a dick. Yeah, what Lerma did to him, I thought, well, how's that not getting carded? I gr- granted, I understand you're not really supposed to retaliate, but it was if, shocking to see him push over that man. <laughs> like, if you get Sonny to retaliate against you, you're yeah. doing something. He's the happiest man alive. Lerma <laughs> must be the devil. I've never, I've only seen two emotions out of Sonny. That's happy and sad. I, yeah. And most of the time, he's happy. <laughs> Like yeah. He's always got a smile on his face. That's why I love him so much. I'm yeah. like, please stay with the club. Come on, your Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but with oh, yeah, this... I'm rocking my Spurs shirt right there. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't have I don't have mine on. I've got a Penn State you shirt keep on. Keep it clean for Saturday. Yeah, I've got my jersey up. I've got my jersey upstairs. It's it's actually one of the old Under Armour shirts. Ooh. That uh. I huh. got for a birthday something. But so do you no, think they have a chance on Saturday? I really think they do. I really think they do because I it, I didn't think they had against a, ch- a chance against Ajax after that first leg. I or thought, Man City. Or Man City. I thought that's that's it. We're done here. And then they they somehow come back in the second leg, and I I just think this is how this is this really the team that was playing Burnmouth? I mean, you got Fernando Llorente's thirty-four-year-old ass starting Champions League semifinal matches. It's like that man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that man. A is, love hate. Oh, uh, it's a love hate. He's done some things that are bad, but there are just times he comes through. And I am officially naming my first kid Lucas. Uh, yeah. Lucas Mora was just oh dear. That leg, uh, that second leg against Ajax was, I I had a heart attack after that third goal. Oh my, it was, I don't even know how I felt, I, I felt like I was just weird for the next two days. <laughs> Man, I, I have my buddy, a uh, guy named James Pike, who actually played youth soccer with. Nice. Introducing me to Spurs. He he, uh, he introduced me to the EPL, and then he introduced me to Spurs. Um, he actually he lived in London for a while, so nice. he he has, he's got firsthand experience with Spurs. And, How long have yeah. you been watching? Um, I've been watching for about three to four years. Nice. I'm actually only a year and change in myself, so. Yeah, we're 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 relative newbies. This guy has been this kid has been a Spurs fan for most of his life. He nice. is he, he is dedicated. And he's actually um he's one of the founders of the Spurs fan group in North Carolina. Oh really? I would love to talk to him. Would you have his email? Uh I think I do have it somewhere and I will send it to you. Alright, cool. Do you ever go uh to the supporters meetups? 
I have been meaning to go. I have never been able to make it because um, I only got introduced to them this past this past year, and this past year was absolutely insane. With uh, I was actually finishing up my uh, bachelor's degree. Gotcha. All right. I've, how, I've got. How the old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm surprisingly. I'm 27. 27. Okay. It's I hard to tell a, with voice and uh, the internet, you know. Yeah. I'm five yeah. years older than you. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. My mic's a little. I think my mic's a little off today. <laughs> but but uh, I've been meaning to go to one, and I'd have to check to see. Well, actually, oh no, hold on. You said the game's Saturday, right? Yeah, three p.m. Ooh, <laughs> you got a conflict? You got a conflict? Uh, I might. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Oh boy, I'm, I'm, yeah, my, uh, my significant other, other and I are uh, meaning to hike that day, and I might have to tell her. I'm saying, listen, I'm gonna try and focus on the hiking, but you gotta shift it early. Be like, let's go catch a sunrise hike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really hoping that they pull this one through because I mean, with this. With the season they have, they've had, they deserve a happy ending. Let's be, let's be honest. Man. They do, but even just seeing them in a final is just See, neat. Yes, yeah, seeing them in the finals is just, it's I love amazing. Champions League. Champions League was so fun. It it was. So, and go for it. I was thinking about it. Europa is today. It is Europa League finals today. That's Chelsea Arsenal, if I'm not yep. mistaken. If Arsenal wins, they get a Champions League qualification spot, which is no good. I don't want to see them there. Can we just say, you know, granted, yeah, we have, you know, some of the greater players in Spain, you know, you know, Pete, the more known players in Spain and Italy and France, but can this quite possibly solidify your uh, EPL is quite possibly one of the the best leagues in Europe because we've argued this at length on previous podcasts before and we're, we're all split on that you know because it, it, the other leagues are so top heavy their top they teams really are, are good very good but I think EPL top to bottom I don't know it's I, it's 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 less top heavy it's solid top to bottom it is solid top to, well Top to mid tier, less Some top of, heavy. That's you said it correctly earlier. Yeah, I mean you've got in Italy, Juventus, Roma's fallen off a little bit. I think Roma yep. used to be so good. AC um, Milan used to be like a do- dominant force, right? Oh, AC Milan used to be in the nineties, and even before that, were just they were they were god tier. Yeah. Um, PSG is um, they're still good, they're still good, but they something's gone off with them a little bit. I don't know what it is. Um, they Bobby, almost Mbappe's out of there. Yeah, Mbappe's out. Whenever they lose Neymar, yeah, you see a little drop. You will, it, and then League One will probably be competitive again. Yeah, League One will probably be competitive again, and um, actually, I'd have to check to see who got. Um, Promoted from League Two, League uh, One, I should say. League One, yeah, <laughs> League One. I I see. I say League One too, and then I interchange the two. And then in Spain, with 
La Liga, that's, along with EPL, that's probably another, a little little less top-heavy. You've got Atletico, FC, um, uh, I was thinking Sevilla. Uh, Yeah, that's that's standing out to me, too. But do you get to catch a lot of uh, La Liga games? They're, um, on, I, they're on here a little, like, BN Sports, I guess. Yeah, BN Sports. And whenever it's on BN Sports, I try my best to catch it. Um, same thing with uh, Serie A and Ligue 1. Um, actually, one of the funniest that was on uh, a couple of days ago was a replay. It was Venezuelan Premier League. <laughs> and let me just tell you, those stands were empty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a random game. No one game. was there. But it was fun. It was it was actually kind of fun to watch. Sure. Well, I caught. I was telling the guys I caught uh, some Argentinian. I don't even yeah. know what the league's called, but first division soccer at a bar. I think one it's like. Time. I think it's like Premier Premiera Division. I don't yeah, know. that sounds right. But no, it's. Um, I would honestly argue that this is kind of a. It's not proving, but it's you know it's starting the argument of hey, EPL is a force because you know. The two main tournaments, you know, the two finals, it's English oh, on English. English. It's cool. Oh, it's 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 gonna be a blast. And to no watch. man city. No <laughs> man city. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. They feel like the Yankees to me. They really do, and that's coming that's coming from someone who actually watches the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate the Yankees and I I hate Man City. Huh. They're 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 so cocky because they've got a bunch of money, and I'm just glad that they got beat. I'm so glad boot. that they got beat. Yeah. So we do this a lot on the show when we have a guest. Is we try to get you to compare your Premier League team to a franchise in the United States, and I was wondering if you had a comparison to Tottenham. There. Oh. Oh, to Tottenham. Um, who would I compare Tottenham to? I'm trying to think of like a team that's good. Like they're, they're really good, but they always get overshadowed by the top teams. Sure. I'm trying to because think of who I, we have compared them to in the past, but I'm blanking be- too. Because that would be who I would compare them to is you know that is that is Tottenham. They're always you know, they're the they're the great team that is just not quite doesn't quite have the large fan bases the other th- top. Sure, three maybe do. like a port. I think we actually did Portland Trailblazers one time. Like yeah, you know, Portland Trailblazers. The playoffs, they're good, but they're just not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, this is going to be, if I could compare there's this season to any season from the past, you know, from this last, uh, this last season for any team I could think of, Carolina Hurricanes. Hmm. Good team. Great team. They made it to, the, they almost made it, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost, they got their butts handed to them by Boston. But they had a they had a real up and down season. The, and there was one statistic I saw that if the NHL season had begun in January, 
uh, Carolina would be the third best team in the entire league. So that's that's kind of what I feel this that's how I'd compare this season to, you know, Carolina Hurricanes, they had a real up and down season. Excellent. But, yeah, that's a good comparison. So we usually end our podcast too with any rants. It can be you know, rant about college soccer, rant about MLS, <laughs> whatever. Just rant away. It doesn't even have to uh, be soccer related. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'll keep it on um college soccer. I just I feel more attention needs to be drawn to college soccer in general because if I feel it got more attention, the level of play could really improve. I mean, like I said already, there are a lot of great players already playing in college soccer. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, if you look at East Coast teams, you got teams like Wake Forest, UNC. Um, who else would I think of when I go uh, East Coast? Um, High Point's got a good team. Is Maryland good? Maryland, oh yeah, Maryland's good. I actually, Maryland had a great season this year. They, I mean, they were ranked preseason, but they were ranked on the lower half, and they came back and they won the national championship. So Maryland is oh, definitely, shoot. <laughs> yeah, Maryland is definitely up there. They are they're top tier. Uh, when you go West Coast, uh, Stanford, UCLA. Your Pac-12 team, excuse me. Your Pac-12 teams are loaded. Really? So, like, Oregon and... Oregon actually does not have them. Or Oregon, on the women's side, yes, loaded. I was actually thinking more men's, but... Um, sure. Men's soccer is actually not as well represented in CAA as women's soccer is. There are actually huh. more women's teams than there are men's teams. Really? And uh, uh, New Mexico is a big case where I like to uh, point out that men's soccer is actually looked at less than women's soccer. Their men's soccer team ha- is an excellent program. I went to uh, New Mexico for college for about a year. And they had a great soccer team. The Board of Regents actually terminated the men's soccer program huh. because of financial reasons. Uh, what a crime. So, so, so I'm, I'm not trying to sound harsh here, but Title IX... I, I dislike it for certain reasons, mm. not because it, not because it's like, oh, I don't, I don't like women, I don't want rem- women represented. I just feel it really screwed over a lot of good men's teams, and it's still doing that today. And it also is kind of screwing over women's teams in a way. So I'm not I'm sure not, I know what Title Nine is. What, what is uh, it? It well, part of it, the big part of Title Nine. States that all universities must at least have an equal number of men's and women's teams playing, Um, and also that uh, equal—I think it's like equal financial uh, standing uh, funding for the two teams. Yeah, for two sets of teams. So and they took yeah, away I mean, men's soccer. They don't have like men's water polo to take away. Or? No, they did. They don't. Uh, New Mexico has always been. Um, a little on the weaker side when it comes to sports, especially uh, their teams like football. That their basketball team's generally pretty good. Their basketball team has gotten better. Um, I went to a couple of basketball games when I was there, and they were they were really good. But I just feel more attention needs to be drawn to college soccer overall, and not just D one, but D two, D three, NAIA. I mean, you know we like to talk about the top tier being oh this is where the best athletes are but there's some d2 athletes that i've seen that are excellent d3 athletes that i've seen that are excellent i mean um 
Emory and Henry. I'm going to go off soccer now, go into football. Uh, I watched a couple of Emory and Henry games, and some of their players were, you know, could compete at D1 levels. They were that good. I'm always, I am always actually went to a Division three college, and I was always struck by how good the good players were. Yeah. I always thought they were on that level. They're, they're, some of their players are absolutely top tier, and I feel that if, um, as Americans, we draw more attention to our uh, our college and our developmental academies and just where we develop our players and how we develop them, we could actually start becoming a bigger um, force in the world soccer, you know, in the world world of soccer. Because, I mean, we have the potential not to be top tier. We won't be up there with England. We won't be up there with Spain. But maybe but equals with Mexico would be nice. We could be equals with Mexico, definitely. For, absolutely for sure we could be equals with Mexico. And our league, you know, we always joke, you know, we always joke about how awful MLS is, but there is a real potential in MLS. Um. And it's unfortunate how it got formed. Actually, was um, it was actually because of the World Cup. Yeah, um, what ninety four? Yeah, ninety four. Uh, FIFA said we had to have a professional league. That was like their condition to bring the World Cup. Right, and that's actually why Canadian know. Premier League just started because of the twenty twenty six, right? Yeah, and um, actually, uh, fun fact: uh, Winston Salem, where I live. Almost had a Premier League. I mean, almost had a MLS team. Really, They're, would have yeah. been a perfect size city. It really would have been. It would have really helped Winston Salem as a whole. It would have. Um, there are these old tobacco factories uh, downtown that were just um, east of downtown, and the they've really tried their best to revitalize that area, and. Um, from what I've heard, the stadium would have actually been in what they now call Innovation Quarter, huh. and there's this nice plot of land where it would have been, and yeah, it really makes you think, what if? You know, that's yeah. what's sad about the closed system of MLS is that the cities that would be perfect for soccer don't actually have a chance to be promoted, don't. and I mean, like the other guys are from Grand Rapids, Michigan, they've got a little third division yeah, club yeah, there. Yeah, Grand Rapids FC, or it's something like Grand Rapids FC. Yeah, I, know. I think that's what it is. But it's it's one of those things, and it's also an argument for pro-rel, and, um, because there are a lot of good uh, USL championship. I think uh, USL did something great with, um, they started something with their um, three-tier system, yeah, there's the U.S. There's the uh, United Soccer League as a whole, but then sure. you've got your top tier uh, championship league. Then you got League One and League Two. Uh, league One, which is still pro, but then you got League Two, which is um, semi pro. Or actually, no, League One and League Two are both considered semi pro. Hmm. But I think it really sets up for. Is there pro rel there? Uh, I don't think there is pro rel there now. But what is it only... set up for? Hmm? You were saying something. I cut you off. It is, it is somewhat set up for pro-rel. Granted, the um, size size of um, championship and League One are very similar. Hmm. It, that could really set up well for pro-rel. 
League Two, however, I think has like ninety teams set up across several divisions. Dang, that's so, a lot of teams. So it's re- it's a little more difficult for ProRail, but I think the United States soccer system really could uh, benefit from ProRail. If USL started developing a ProRail within themselves, a I wonder if it could ever overtake something like MLS way in the future, and B, whether U.S. Soccer Federation would ever let that happen. Uh, that's that's interesting. I don't... Without more funding, I don't see it taking over MLS. MLS is much superior in the sense of funding. Um, as far as viewership, I could see it overtaking MLS. Not um, hard. <laughs> it's not that hard, yeah. The MLS... Viewers, viewer ratings for MLS are pretty low. We talk Rant- about this all the time on the podcast too, is because we don't know if there's a consistent game time, like Premier League's every Saturday morning. Yeah, every Saturday morning you get that. Well, also, what's tough with what we've got to deal with, you know, the United Kingdom is set up. England's in one time zone, I think. Sure, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. We've got to deal to with. You. <laughs> yeah, we we have the disadvantage of we're so you know all the teams are so spread out that you know we're set in four different time zones, so it's a little harder to get times, um, sure sort of organized, but it can be done. It's just one of those you know if it's an East Coast game and they try and do it like um, they try to do it one o'clock in the afternoon. Say you've got a, um, uh, let's say you got a Philadelphia Union fan who lives over in California. Philadelphia is playing a home game and it starts at one. That's, I think it's four Time. hours behind. Yeah. They've got to get up in the morning, and it just, it's it gets real wacky. The NFL kind of had that problem for a little bit, I think, when they started televising. Yeah, but they still have that four, you know, one. 1 p.m. games for yeah they had the 1 p.m. the 4 p.m. games and I think the way they did it was they try and set the um, West Coast games at the later times sure you know and then the you know the East Coast games are 1 p.m. usually Um, when I did watch NFL I liked to watch the Panthers a lot and you know most of the time it was a 1 p.m. game for the Panthers it was 1 p.m. 1 p.m. or occasionally get the 4:15 p.m. game. But sure. rarely would you get their their prime time game of eight o'clock. Yeah. So, really, it's just this. You know, it's it's very hard for the United States to really get the whole game schedule thing working out like um, England does or Spain does. But it can be done, and I really think for uh, USL, it, they really could overtake the MLS because. There are a lot more teams, a lot more teams to follow. Uh, it's a lot easier for someone to really connect with a team that's close to them because you know they got more of an opportunity to find someone close to them. I mean, for someone like me living in Winston Salem, I've got the Charlotte Independence and the Nor- and North Carolina FC both in USL Championship. So, cool. and I'm actually uh, planning to go to a Charlotte Independence game, hopefully in the near future. You know, uh, I, 
I randomly might go see a Pittsburgh Mudhounds. Uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Riverhounds, yeah. Riverhounds, yeah. Yeah, the Riverhounds, yeah. They're I'll USL. be up in Pittsburgh that weekend. I was like, oh, that stadium looks awesome right along the oh, river. What is it, First Energy Stadium or something like that? Yeah, something like that. It's right on the right on the river, like up yeah. against the side of a mountain. looks super yeah. pretty. About 5,000 capacity. Yeah, uh, Charlotte Independents actually have a they, – they've got the unfortunate – or actually, no – they used to play over in a suburb of Charlotte called Matthews, but recently they moved um, uptown, what Charlotte uh, people from Charlotte call downtown. Huh. Um, they moved to a stadium uptown, and that really gave them the advantage. They've got a bigger fan base now because of sure. that within Charlotte now. Do some you know, marching they, to the stadium, that sort of they, stuff. They do. They've got um, a little place over on uh, what's the street's name there's a there's a community college on that street that they've got a little they've got a bar up there that you know they the charlotte independence the club itself bought that space and built a bar in there oh that's awesome that fans go to for pre-parties and then they march down to the stadium and it's great yeah that's exactly the atmosphere that you need you know yeah, like these giant MLS teams in giant cities modeled after the other organizations in America. Sports. Yeah, teams. they try. I almost feel as if um, the MLS is trying to be, you know, the NFL or the M- or the NBA. They're trying way too hard to be, you know, that massive organization, and. That really doesn't work when you have the fan base that MLS does. It might work for someone like um, it. It works for a, EPL teams. It works for like you know, it works for your Arsenal's. It works for your Man City. Oh right, right, right. It, but they still have that atmosphere of you know, go to the bar before the game, have a few pints, talk to your buddies, go walk walk to the stadium, find your seat, stand up, and scream for the whole match. They yeah. still have that atmosphere. And I feel that's that actually might be one of the things that um, MLS or just American soccer period actually needs in order to revitalize itself, or just I don't even really know if revitalize is the right word. Establish. I don't think, <laughs> establish. Yeah, that's that's better. Establish because we've never really been established on the world stage. Right. As and. Granted, there is the ICC that comes through the United States, and you know we've got teams like uh, Borussia Dortmund playing in American stadiums. Yeah, they play in uh, like the big house. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. But the thing is, they play other European teams, and it's all the backup squads, and you can feel it's that. all yeah, it's, it's the backup squads. Uh, last year, Tottenham came. And I thought, oh, this will be great. And then I remembered, oh, wait, the World Cup's going on. <laughs> There's Cameron what? Carter-Vickers playing. Uh... Yeah, can't... granted, he's a good American player. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great that he's on uh, you know, he's on the Tottenham squad. But, you know, when people think, oh, yeah, Tottenham's coming to play, you think, oh, hey, I get to see Harry Kane. I get to see Dele Alley. I get to see... Uh, Even Llorente, uh, please, Some, someone. Someone, and then you get the backup squad. Granted, yeah. that they're still fun to watch. Sure, sure. But, and some of those players get called up. and Yeah, 
But what I think also would work is to bring the European teams to play the MLS teams. It would be rough to start off with because, I mean, they're leagues above us. Yeah. They play friendlies, but yeah, maybe like the MLS winner can then be in the ICC. Like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be neat. shield winner. And now that I thought about something, didn't uh, for a while... or they still do it. Doesn't the MLS All-Star team play a European team? They do, but it's so odd That's to me exactly that you get the best players that. to play, like, I think this year they're playing Atletico, maybe, someone, I think that is Atletico. Yeah, I'd have to check, but yeah. yeah. But American soccer, just as a general, needs to be established. Yes. So. So that's brilliant. Thank you, John. It was great to meet you and learn about your the mod for the college soccer game. That was awesome. A- absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get you back on. Sorry, we had to reschedule a million times. It's it's perfectly fine. I'm uh, I'm us- I'm open this summer for the most part. Yeah, keep um, us posted on the game. We'll do. Uh, yeah, anything, anything. If you want me to, I'll I'll send. I'll try it. Send a link over Twitter where you guys can, you know, you guys can just get a peek at what we're working on. Okay. And it is playable, but like I said, it's for PC only. That's cool. And um, so when we're wrapped up here, if you could just email me your MP3 file, either Dropbox or or something, then I can mix it all together. Like check one, two, one, two. What the fuck you think we gonna do? (laughs) 